All right. Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses to the third week of our series entitled One to One Encounters with Jesus. Come on, let's just welcome all the campuses, all those that are joining us. So excited to have you guys. I'm going to be teaching out of the Gospels uh, over the next three weeks. It's a six-week series all the way up to Easter. I do want to say to all of our campuses, it's not too early uh, to begin to think about who you can invite for Easter. Again, think about a family member or a friend. Again, if you weren't here the first week, we're looking at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels of Jesus that capture his life, his ministry, of course, his death, burial, and resurrection. Week one, we looked at Jesus's encounter with the woman, the Bible says, who had an issue of blood for 12 years. And, and we taught about how there is what's called the, the, the stretch of faith. There was a, a touch of faith that that woman had in her heart that she was healed by Christ. Last week, we talked about a man, a religious man, a religious man that was doing everything right, and yet he still lacked a relationship with God. We talked about Nicodemus. And I do want to say uh, to all of those that are joining us, again, you can go online and download any of this stuff uh, on podcasts if you'd like to listen throughout the week. Today, I want to talk to you uh, about not an encounter that Jesus had with a man or a woman. It's a little bit of a twist I want to throw at you. I want to talk to you about the encounter that Jesus had with Satan himself in the wilderness. I want to talk to you about how to overcome temptation as we look at the life of Jesus. Speaking of temptation, it reminds me of a story about a mom who was very concerned because her son uh, liked to wander into the neighbor's yard and play. Uh, she was a little bit concerned about that. She said, son, listen, I got to tell you this. You know, we've got a nice yard here. You can't be wandering all over the neighborhood playing in other people's yard. You play in our yard. You don't play in their yard. I said, mom, you don't understand. What are you talking about? Right? Mom, I feel like I'm playing in my yard, but I hear this voice. I think it's Satan. And he tells me to go play in their yard. The mom's a you know, Christian woman. She said, listen, honey, when the devil lies to you, what you need to say is get behind you, Satan. That's what you got to say. Get behind me, Satan. The mom, of course, knowing that he was in a learning process, gave him that important Bible truth, but also built a fence around the yard just to make sure. That went okay for about a week, and then she looked out, and she saw a hole cut in the fence, and her son had obviously climbed through that hole, and he was playing once again in the neighbor's yard. She called him, come over here, son. Yes, mom. What are you doing, son? Did you not do what I told you to do? What do you mean, mom? When the devil lied to you and told you to go, what did you say? I said, mom, I said, get behind me, Satan. Well, then why'd you end up over there? Because when I said that, he must have got behind me and pushed me through the hole in the fence. Bye-bye. <laughs> I want to teach you in this message today that you don't have to be pushed around by the devil and you don't have to give in to the temptation of the enemy, but Jesus gives you power to overcome temptation. That you can be overcome by the power of God's word, not by the power of the enemy. Now, I want to go on record and say this. Temptation. All of us deal with temptation. You dealt with it. You deal with it. I've dealt with it. I deal with it. We all deal with temptation. Matter of fact, sometimes temptation's a little bit more on the soft side, a little bit funny. You know, we're trying to, at nighttime, you know, want to watch those calories. We don't want to go out and eat too much, you know, and be very, very, very careful. And I, you guys know one of my stress release points. I've talked to you about this. I get real stressed out. What do I do? I go to McDonald's drive-thru and I get a hot fudge sundae, double fudge, extra nuts. 
Matter of fact, the lady actually knows me over there. She told me that. I'm serious. I'll go over there and say, and look, I know it's bad. I know it's wrong. Now, some of our temptation is a little bit funnier, but some of it's, some of it's a little bit more serious. We're fighting some sort of a temptation to indulge ourselves with an, an, an addiction or, or something of an alcohol abuse or drug abuse or something, something like that, or maybe a, a gambling problem where you feel drawn towards something and you, and you know that it's not helpful, it's not beneficial for you. Maybe it's just dealing with rage, anger, pride, whatever it is, and you're, and, and you're grappling with the reality. Well, I want, listen, I've got good news for you. I want everybody to hear me at all of our campuses, okay? I want you to hear this. Temptation by itself is not sin. Giving into temptation is sin. Martin Luther said it this way, the great reformer, he says, it's not the birds that fly over our head. It's the birds that we allow to make a nest that give us a problem. Did you know that Jesus was tempted? The Bible says, actually, Jesus Christ, the one that we read about in the Bible, he was tempted and yet without sin. Here's what Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter four, I love this verse. It says that, for we do not have a high priest. Jesus is our high priest. Listen to this. Who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. It's like when you and I pray, we don't pray to this God, this is mechanical God up there that can't connect with humanity. It's actually just the reverse. He, he, it's, he, he connects with us. He can sympathize. He can empathize with us and our weaknesses. Why? But was all points. Everybody say all points. So Jesus Christ, think about this. Remember, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. The Bible says in all ways, in all ways, he was tempted as we are yet without what? Say it. So sin, listen to me, this is important. Temptation by itself is not sin. It's giving into temptation. That's why today I want to talk to you how to overcome temptation. How do we overcome? We're going to look at the model of the life of Jesus and his encounter with the devil as we learn principles from the Bible, how to overcome temptation. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter four, again, three different places in the gospels, we see the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. Interestingly enough, again, there's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We see it in three where the baptism of Jesus is followed by, quote, the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. There's one gospel that doesn't mention this event, doesn't mention the temptation uh, event. Matthew chapter four, I like this gospel. I like it because I, I like the different fine points that it it poses for us. And I want to answer a question up front. If you don't know the source of temptation, then you could be receiving something that God's told you to resist. If you don't know who is the tempter, I want to answer the question. I've had people say stuff like this. You know, I just feel like, man, there's these things in my life and, you know, maybe, maybe God's brought this in my life. I want to help to clear up. Listen, I want to clear up all of the signals today. I want to clear up. Who is the one that is tempting us? I want to answer that question. Who, who is tempting, who is attacking us? All right. Matthew chapter four, verse one. Here's what the Bible says. Then Jesus, he had just been baptized by his cousin, John in the Jordan river. The heavens were open like a dove. The Holy spirit rested upon Jesus and Jesus heard a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Immediately following that, 
Matthew chapter four, the Bible says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by who? To be tempted by the, say it, devil. So clearly Matthew defines for us right off the bat who the tempter is. His name is the devil. And when he, Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him. So the Bible actually calls, Matthew actually calls Satan himself, the devil, the tempter. So important that we define up front who the tempter is. Now, you got to understand, let me give you the context. Jesus has been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and he's at a real low point physically. I tell you, I think it's pretty interesting that I look back in my life when the enemy attacks me the most is when I'm physically, emotionally, or spiritually drained. I want you to think about that for a moment. When you're physically tired, you guys think about it. You, you've accomplished something at work, maybe, or in college, you've taken exams and I don't know, you're just exhausted. There's been a lot of output, a lot of output, a lot of, and you come to this moment in your life when you're weary when you're weary in mind, you're weary in body, you're weary in your soul. The Bible says Jesus has been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Very, very wearisome. Isn't it interesting how the devil comes right at that moment where Jesus is low to quote attack him? By the way, you ever heard this term before? You guys ever heard this? Equal opportunity employer. You ever heard that before? Let me tell you who the devil is. Equal opportunity exploiter. He exploits your weakness. He exploits you when you're down. He exploits you when you're discouraged. He exploits you just after a big disappointment in your life. Something happens. It doesn't turn out the way that you thought. And the Bible says there is a real devil. Now, I want to answer some questions that some of you guys may have. You know, is there, quote, a real devil? Or is the devil just kind of in Scripture the personification of evil? In other words, is there a real a real supernatural being called Satan himself. I want to resoundingly say yes. Now, interestingly enough, not everybody believes that. People that will be quick to say in our culture, man, that act, whether it's Hitler killing six million Jews, that was evil. That was pure evil. People will say that and then they'll also deny the reality of a God and Satan himself. Now think about that for a moment. If something is evil, where is that evil being generated from? Is that merely from human choice? Now, I'm not to suggest at all that human choice cannot produce horrific things, but I don't believe that any individual is, is capable of mass evil at that level unless there's another spiritual entity behind them manipulating them like a puppet. Satan himself challenged Jesus. We believe that the Bible talks about there is a God. There's a real God, but there's also a real devil and there's demon spirits. That's so important. We have to understand who is the one that's tempting us. Now, I want to do something as well for all of our campuses. I want to clear up some terms. This helped me this week uh, as I was uh, putting this message together. I, I began to think about the confusion that I've had at times with what I call the T words. Watch this, the T words. Here they are, test, trial, temptation, and trouble. Test, trial, temptation, and trouble. You'll have people, different Christians say, man, you know, I feel like I'm just in a trial. You know, God's really building character in me. Trial? Or I'm being tempted, man. I'm wondering what God's trying to teach me. God? Or man, I'm in this test right now. The enemy's really after me. Is that God? Is that the devil? I want to clear up for you guys what I believe theologically is the truth about temptation and trials 
and test. I put, actually put a graph in your uh, bulletin. You can pull this out if you like. Now, this is important. The Old Testament, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. Everyone say Hebrew. Okay, the New Testament is written primarily in Greek, and that's important. Now, the, in the Greek language, all right, Koine Greek, which was the common Greek vernacular uh, at the time. In the Greek language, the same word used for trial is the same word used for temptation. I want you to think about this for a moment. Every time you see a temptation in the Bible and you see that word used, you see the enemy attached to it trying to wound either Jesus or God's people. So a trial or a temptation, the source of that is Satan. Now remember, the enemy tries to take, he tries to take, he tries to take advantage of the weaknesses in our human flesh. But the origination of temptation is from the enemy. It goes all the way back to the garden with Adam and Eve. Think about this for a moment. So trials and temptations, same word. So a trial is a temptation and a temptation is a trial. You have to understand that. That's the original Greek language. Now, Satan is the source of that. His goal, what is the goal of Satan? It's to wound and pierce. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. Here's what the Bible says. This is a heavy scripture, all right? The Bible says the devil, here's what he does. He roams around seeking whom he may devour. Like a roaring lion, he roams around. Now, don't you think about that? A lot of Christians misunderstand that. They think, well, you know, God's just after me. Time out, time out, time out, time out. The Bible says, Jesus himself said, Satan comes to steal. Everyone say steal, say kill, and say destroy. The contrast is Jesus. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Listen, God's not trying to steal from you. God's not trying to kill you. He's not trying to destroy you. That's, that's Satan's job. Satan wants to wound and pierce you. So watch this. A trial and temptation is all in the realm of the enemy taking advantage over our tired, weary flesh. All right? A test comes from God. The goal of the test is not to wound and pierce you. The goal of the test from God, God is the one that allows tests. The goal here, listen, is to approve of you and to strengthen you. Do you see the difference? I used to love the teachers uh, when I was in grade school. I used to love the teachers that would give you uh, good reviews. Uh, they would give you like an exam review. And I loved, I loved the teachers that would give you the test answers. I mean, they were just amazing. I'm not talking about a cheat sheet on the day of the test, but they would give you the answers to the test the day before. And basically, if you know these, you will do well. Here's what I love about God. His goal is in the test to approve and strengthen you and to promote you. And the thing that I love about God is he gives us the answers to the test. In other words, we're not in the dark. We're not just trying to figure this thing out. Now, here's what's interesting about this. I want to bring this all together. I want everybody to watch all of our campuses. The same event and the same circumstance can have both of things operating. And either one will be based upon how you respond. Jesus was brought into the wilderness. That's the event for 40 days. God's goal was to test Jesus to approve, strengthen, and to promote him. Remember, a test, the goal of a test is to get you to go from third grade to fourth grade. It's to advance you, to promote you. But although God wanted to approve of Jesus, 
and he did. Guess who else is, same event, same event. Guess who else is there? The enemy who wants to wound and pierce Jesus. Does this make sense? By the way, do you know what the name devil actually means in the Greek? Diabolos, diabolos. It actually sounds very similar to Spanish. You know where the Spanish language came from. The Greek, Latin came from Greek and the Spanish language came, it was one of the romance languages in Europe. It came from Latin. The word diabolos in Spanish, diabolas. Do you know what dia means? It means with, bolas, to cast down. You know what the point here is? The word devil actually means the enemy comes alongside of you to try to cast you down with criticism, with ridicule. Where's God? Where's God now? Where's your God? But guess what? There's another person, the Holy Spirit, who's called our parakletos, who comes alongside of us to strengthen us, to encourage us, and to blow the lies of the enemy out of our lives. How many are grateful for the power of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to give you an example. So uh, listen, you got to know who's the one attacking you. It's not God. About two years after being saved, I'll never forget, I was just out, just literally out of the blue, being saved about two years. I've been a Christian 30 years. All of a sudden, I felt dirty. It's like I, I had not done anything, but I just felt dirty. Now, I knew that I was saved. I knew that my name had been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I knew that I was a believer in Jesus. I knew that I was a Christ follower. But all of a sudden, the enemy started to just condemn me. And just, just like this. You ever been there before? You just felt like this. Ear, I felt this eerie feeling on the inside, like I'd done something wrong. And I just felt dirty. And then I began to hear this voice. Here it is. You're not clean. You've really not been forgiven. Now all of these old past sins began to come up in my mind. And all of a sudden I felt this, my gosh, I, I, I'm, I don't know if I really have changed. I mean, I, I just, I'm not, and I remember this thought, I might as well just, I might as well just, just, just go back into what I was. Wait, wait, time out, time out. Okay, here's the point. The enemy's trying to, he, Listen, diabolas, he's trying to accuse, he's trying to indict, he's trying to condemn me. What's the point? To tempt me to believe the lie, to go back to my old lifestyle. Does that make sense? So the enemy, what he wants to do, he's the one attacking us. We've got to understand that through the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, God gives us the power to overcome that. So number one, who was the one attacking me? Don't ever say, don't get the price tag switched. Don't get, well, God's, at, no, no, no. God is, everybody say, God's a good God. Say the devil's a bad devil. <laughs> you got to understand it. Don't switch the two. God is testing to promote you. The enemy is tempting you to destroy you. That's his attempt, but he's not going to do it. He won't destroy you. All right, number two, I want to talk to you now about what is being attacked. What is being attacked? So number one, we've established who's the one attacking us. If you don't know who's attacking, you won't resist the one who's attacking you. Now I want to talk about what is being attacked. Let's, let's look at this. Matthew chapter four, verse three to nine. The Bible says this. So I'm just going through the story here, right? This is the encounter with Jesus with Satan in the wilderness. Judean mountain range, beautiful place right outside of Jerusalem. Now, when the tempter came to him, the tempter, that's Satan, the devil, don't let anyone say when they're tempted that God is the one tempting them. God is not the one tempted. Matter of fact, James says that. Don't let anyone say when they are tempted, they are tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Who is the tempter? Everybody say it, say it. 
Satan, the devil himself, all right? Not God. Now, when the tempter came to Jesus, he said, if you're the son of God, he's questioning his identity. He's challenging that. If you're the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Whoa. But he answered and said, it is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Look at the next verse. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said, if you're the son of God, so he's challenging it. If you really are what God says you are, then why don't you perform like that? Why don't you do that? If you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Watch this next verse. Jesus said to him, it is written again. You should not tempt the Lord your God. God does not tempt people. All right. The enemy is the one who is the tempter. Look at verse eight. Again, the devil took him up on an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Last verse. And he said, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. I want to talk to you about what the enemy wants to come tempt you. What areas the enemy wants to come tempt you. I want everybody to hear me. This is so important. I want to break this down. Number one, the first place the enemy comes to attack you is in the realm of your identity. And who you are in Christ. If Listen, if Satan can get you to doubt who you are in Christ, he can undermine your faith. Notice this. What happened in Matthew chapter 3? In Matthew chapter 3, what not it interesting? The Bible says that John the Baptist, who's the cousin of Jesus, right? Baptizes his cousin in the Jordan River. The heavens open up and like a dove, the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus. And a voice comes from heaven. And what does the voice say? This is my beloved, what? Everybody say it. Son, confirmation of identity. Behold, I'm well pleased. Immediately after in chapter four, the enemy starts coming out asking the question, if you're really the son of God, that's an attack on identity. Isn't it interesting how the enemy wants to come attack your identity? Well, you're really not a child of God. You're really not saved. I had people tell me that before. Pastor, you know what? I mean, I, I, I think I'm saved. I, I mean, I, I think I'm saved. I gave my heart to Christ, and, but I, I messed up and I sinned or I did this wrong thing and the devil just tell me I'm not saved. What does he want to do? He wants to come after your, everybody say it, your identity of who you are in Christ, who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ and what you can do in Christ. He wants to attack that. If he can undermine your identity, then he can undermine your confidence in God. That's why we sang that song. I'm a child of God. Why? Because if he can undermine who you are, then he can attack whose you are. You belong to God. Oh, wow. If you're the son of God, what's another area that he attacks? Number one, he begins to attack our identity, but he's really after not just you, he's after God. So secondarily, he attacks not only your identity, but he begins to attack the word of God. He begins to question the word of God in your life. He's after God and he's after our identity in God. Notice what Satan does to Jesus in the wilderness. There's three distinct places that he attacks him in and all relates to how he twists the word of God. By the way, when you get tired and when you get weakened, there are always three areas that become pronounced in our life where we're highly vulnerable to the enemy. First John talks about it. First John, first John chapter two, for all that's in the world, number one, the lust of the flesh. I'm going to talk about that in a second. 
Number two, the lust of the eyes. Number three, the pride of the life. That's not of the father, but it's of the world. So how does this break down? Watch how the enemy came. And these three points of temptation are the exact points that Satan tempted Jesus in. Here we go. Number one, look at verse four, Matthew chapter four, four verse four. Here's what he says. He comes to him and he says this, or verse three. He says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Now, what you think about this? Why is this temptation a big deal? He's not eaten in 40 days. You know, I've fast before. We fast. We do the 21-day fast, a lot of us around here, you know, and 21-day Daniel fast, which is really healthy eating. That's really what it is. Let me tell you something. When you fast, I, I went 10 days one time with just water. Let me tell you something. You fast for 10 days, anything looks good. I mean, anything looks good. Things, beets look good. And they're not even from God. I mean, beets. Are you kidding me? A beat. Oh, those things are horrible, but. <laughs> the point is, is this, is that the enemy comes to attack, listen, to attack Jesus at the point of tiredness of his flesh and watches in his soul. Yeah. Why don't you turn these stones into bread? What is he trying to do? He's trying to get, watch this. He's trying, by the way, God created us with what, what I would call a, a, a healthy desire for pleasure. And we connect with the world through our senses. Sensuality is a bad thing. Being sense aware is not a bad, we're sense we are sensory beings. We connect with the world. Sensuality means that we've made the center of our universe, the satisfaction and the satiating of our senses. In other words, we've elevated our senses above God himself. By the way, that's where temptation, the devil temptation is to try to get us to satisfy ourselves outside of God's provision. That's what temptation is. It's always that way. It's always to try to get us to become what we already are and have in Christ if we just open our eyes. That's what temptation is. Why don't you turn these things into, into bread? And what, what's the response? Look at verse four here. If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now watch this next verse, verse four, Matthew 4, 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What was he saying? I'm not going to let my senses rule me. I'm going to let God's word rule me. Did y'all see that? I'm not going to let my senses rule me. I'm going to let God's what? Everybody say it. Word. All right. Everybody say lust of the flesh. By the way, these three terms do not have to be in linear fashion because he goes from lust of the flesh. Now he deals with the pride of life. Remember, whenever you get weakened, whenever you get tired, you become vulnerable in these three areas. Highly vulnerable. Look at this next, uh, the, the next thing. Verse, uh, verse six here, the pride of life. If you are the son of God, second temptation, throw yourself down. Where did he bring him? I, I went, I remember, I've been to Israel three times, 2008, 2009, 2015. 2008, I'll never forget the first time I was on a Bible tour group. The temple in Jerusalem today was built in the 1500s by Suleiman the Great, who was a Turkish uh, part of the, uh, the Turkish kingdom. The, 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 what you see today and the Dome of the Rock on that, that wasn't in the time of Jesus. That was destroyed in 70 AD. However, the foundation stones are built on what's called Herodian stones, Herod the Great. All right. 
So the foundation's there. But the, the pinnacle of the temple is where, where two sides come together, where the capstone and all that is. What's so interesting is when I stood up there and looked down, I looked down. It's 147 feet down. The pinnacle of the Temple Mount. That's what that means. All right? So Jesus is brought there by the devil. If you're the son of God, notice, watch this. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. Oh, wait a minute. Who's about to quote the Bible? The devil or Jesus? The devil. How many you know the devil knows his Bible? He just twists it a little bit. He gets it out of context. He utilizes it for his own good. He says, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge of you. What, what, what Psalm is he quoting? Psalms 91, but he's twisting it. He's twisting it. He shall give his angels charge over you. In their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot. In other words, why don't you just try God? Why don't you just, listen, you can just throw yourself down. What was he appealing to? He was appealing to his human pride. You can be like God. Let me tell you something. Listen to me. God's trying to hold you back. Didn't God even say that he would help you anyway? And you can do anything. About, let me tell you something. You, you, in other words, the enemy was appealing. He was appealing to that carnal bravado that, 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 that he was hoping that Jesus would act upon it. Temptation is not sin. Acting on temptation is. Let me tell you this. Every temptation, if you go back, the enemy's trying to get us to pursue something, have something, or do something that if we only open our eyes, we already had in Christ. Do you remember when Adam and Eve were tempted by the devil? I want everybody to zone in right here. Watch this. This is going to help some people right here. Do you remember when Adam and Eve and Adam picked the fruit? And you remember one of the lies? Here it is. Do you remember one of the lies of the devil? Here was the lie. Here it was. Here it was. Oh, oh, listen. Did God really say, doubt the word? Oh, God doesn't want you to eat that because if you eat that, you'll be what? Like God. Who? If I eat that, I could be like God. What did God say that he made man in the image of? He was already like God. The devil always tempts you to do something or be, try to possess something that if you just open your eyes, you already have. Does that make sense? Temptation is to try to get you to satisfy yourself outside of God's provision. Oh, if I'll go do that, I can become. No, if you'd open your eyes, you already are. Are y'all with me? Wow. Wow. That's the lie of temptation. Let me give you this last and final one. Are y'all learning anything? Let me give you this last and final thing. Here it is. The lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes. Look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Again. The devil took him up on an exceeding high mountain. I had, I had somebody one time tell me this and challenge me. said, pastor, how could the devil, how could the devil, he really couldn't give Jesus all that, could he? Well, I would say two things that number one, if he really couldn't give this, then it wouldn't have been a temptation. The second thing I would say is this. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's, but the world system belongs to the enemy. The Bible calls, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Paul says that Satan is the God of this world, the cosmos, the world system. I want you to think about that for a moment. Of course the enemy could have done this. The devil took Jesus up on an exceeding high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms. It wasn't the topography. It wasn't the geography. It was the world systems, the kingdoms of this world and their glory. But here's the caveat. 
The caveat is the devil wanted Jesus to bow down and worship him. And he said to him, all things I will give you if you'll fall down and worship me. I began to think about this in my own life. I began to think about all the times when the enemy tries to come to tempt us to have something or to pursue something outside of the will of God or to, 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 to gain something. So he's appealing. And listen to me, I want to speak to every single person that's listening to me. You and I are particularly vulnerable to temptation when you're tired and hungry and lonely and frustrated and disappointed because when you're experiencing physical exhaustion and emotional turmoil and, and, and deprivation, when you that, that, at that point, we lose our objectivity and we get highly subjective. And that's when the enemy wants to come in. We have to be aware of his devices. We've got to be aware of what's going on. So pastor, okay, whoo, this is heavy. Whew, how do I get out of this? I'm glad you asked. We get out of temptation the same way Jesus gets out of temptation. By the way, 1 Corinthians, Paul said this, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Here's what Paul said. No temptation. Everybody say no temptation. You ever had a temptation before and the devil just goes, you're the only one, 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 one. You're a scumbag. No one struggles with that, that, that. Until you go to small group, you find out everybody does. Are y'all with me? And you hate to kind of be excited about it. You're like, oh, thank God. I didn't know you struggled with that problem too. Whew, I'm not the only one that's messed up. I mean, it kind of makes you feel better. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no temptation is overtaking you such as common a man. We've all looked at so this. The devil has no new tricks, by the way. All right. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation. Also make a way of what? Say it. But listen, not everybody takes the getaway car. 